everybody, and welcome to the Two Jobbers and a Wrestling Podcast. Podcast. Luckily this week, everybody, we have more than two jobbers. We have three. We have my brother, Frankie Sample, and my good brother, Robert Quiles. How are you both doing? How do I become a good brother? I want to be a good brother. My first question was going to, well, I guess that's technically my first question, but my original first question was going to be, what happens when there's three jobbers on one podcast? Is it just Rob and I become the two jobbers and you're like the main guy or how does it work? That's true. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I I, uh, I got my promotion to the main roster. I guess it's me now. You also, guys are the two jobbers. I would so agree with that. The GM. Yeah, basically, you get it. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Listen, we are, uh, we're still in quarantine somewhat, but like things have opened in New York. So how are you guys feeling? What's going through your mind? You know, the world is starting to move again. What, what do you guys think? COVID was all a hoax, baby. We're out. Oh. And speaking of which, I mean, you talk about that there's a quarantine. I mean, let's be honest with the audience here. <clears throat> you two were, you know, hanging out and gallivanting throughout the streets today. So. Let's be honest, there's not really much of a quarantine, at least for you two. Whoa, we wasn't gallivanting in the streets. We were in the yard, you know, very civil, you know, just jamming out. I would also like to say we were also six feet apart, just saying. For for a little while. <laughs> yeah. And then you guys started cuddling? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it always ends up cuddling. I can't confirm nor deny that. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> Even though I already, I already gave my answer. <laughs> um. Okay. First thing to ask you guys: This is your, you know, multiple times on this show. I started new questions on the show. First question for both of you: What is your favorite championship? Just ever or currently? Uh, ever. Let's go with ever. Are we talking what the title looks like, or just? status of the title or i mean how do you uh, just in general i would say in general like you know let, let, let's combine status and and how it looks let's go with that yeah i love the intercontinental title i love everything about it i love the mid card i feel like for some reason and we've talked about this before johnny it seems like the mid card puts on some of the best matches like actual wrestling matches where of course Yes, you get some of the big names. You get The Rock, the Stone Cold, the John Cena's for the WWE title, the World Heavyweight Championship, whatever it might be. But you see the best wrestling and some of my favorites of all time. Jericho, Kurt Angle, Mr. Perfect, Shawn Michaels held the IC title. I mean, it's just and, and that title has gone through so many different phases in terms of how it looks, too. And, and a lot of them basically up until now have looked great. But. Yeah, I'll go with the IC title. What uh, what is your favorite uh, like uh, design of the IC title? Yellow strap, for sure. Yellow strap. So you're talking about Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, and I also do really like the one from the Attitude Era, the like wide one. Okay. Has yes. like the world on it. Yeah. That yeah. Awesome. Okay, Rob. What about you? What's your favorite championship? Um, in terms of looks. My favorite has, I have to go with the Smoking Skull. I think that's the best looking title, like, that they've ever created. It has the most okay. detail and, uh, like, designs on it. I love, I mean, I just love the skull. 
and with the smoke coming out of the, you know, the the eyes, I think it is. No, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I love that title, but, uh, you know, when we're talking about, like, world titles or just titles in general, I have to go with the World Heavyweight. That's my favorite. I think that's one of the most prestigious titles out there. I mean, only the greatest have ever held it. Lage, Flair, Goldberg. Yep. I mean, the list goes on and on. But, yeah, that, that, that that's my uh, that's my favorite title. Very nice. So, the first thing I want to get into here is the NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, first of all, I think it was a great show. Uh, I think it was a very good NXT show. I was very happy to see that they brought back, like, the NXT, uh, the in your house kind of, like, vibe with the, first of all, the commercials, and second of all, the design of the entrance. Like, that was something I was, like, scared they wouldn't have done, but they actually did, so I was pretty pumped. But I wanted to go into the pay-per-view. So to start, let's start with the six-woman tag team match. This, the, the match that opened the show. How did you guys feel about that match? I skipped it. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I love it. <laughs> All right. I respect that. Uh, I liked it, actually. Okay. I thought it, was a, I thought it was a pretty solid opening. And, like, considering, like, uh, to be honest, I didn't know, like, a lot of the female wrestlers that were wrestling. Okay. But they honestly put on a show, and I was actually entertained by that match. I was a little surprised, just overall, based on the, like, aesthetic, that they didn't do the in-your-house for, like, a WWE pay-per-view or event. I understand NXT is a WWE property, but I was surprised that they didn't save it for an actual WWE show. I agree. Uh, I do feel like, though, uh, with NXT, they kind of build off these... Uh, bigger pay-per-views, and you know, we don't know what's happening with these, with any pay-per-views to begin with in general, because of the, the COVID-19. So I think it was definitely smart to go the route of giving NXT kind of like a bigger thing like that within your house, just to draw eyes to them. It's not a bad idea. It looked cool. The setup was awesome. I thought some of the commercials with like the guy, like, oh, call in, 1-900. Oh, wait, no, 1-900 doesn't exist. Kind of cringy, but the aesthetic, I mean, it looked cool. The Titan Tron was cool. I agree. Um, on to the next match from In Your House. Listen, this was a match, uh, I definitely, if you go back to my last show, I'll admit it, I looked over. I didn't think anything of it, but talking to you guys now, it probably was the best match of the night. Uh, uh, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. What, what a great match. What a phenomenal match from these two great athletes. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I mean, to me, it was the best match of the night. And I thought it showed off a lot of uh, both of their strengths. They both had big spots. You know, I texted both of you guys when I saw the uh, priest fall off the side of the ring onto the steel steps. Yeah. What? Like, oh, my God, that looked terrible. Like, Why would they even do that? Someone his size, too? Oh, God, it just looked terrible. But uh, overall, I mean, it, it was a good match. There were some solid spots. I enjoyed it. I think it was probably the best match of the night. Yeah, I have to, I just to follow up on that, I, I have to agree. That was the best na- match of the night. I was very honestly surprised by, uh, Priest. I, I didn't know he can, like, move like that for such a big guy. He was very agile and very athletic. I was very surprised by that. You know, I didn't think, uh, like, some of the move, like, his move set, I didn't think most of the moves that he was doing that he was going to be able to do. So I was very surprised by that. Yeah, good striker. Has a lot of, like, interesting martial arts techniques. I didn't even know that was... Yeah, like some, like, Taekwondo kind of, like, style. Yeah, agreed. You know, listen, 
And, uh, I mean, the, the person I had winning came out on top, Beller. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's Priest time yet. Uh, however, I do see that he has a lot more potential than I thought. So I can see him, you know, being a, either a future NXT North American champion or even an NXT, like, champion in general. That yeah, yeah. guy that, that Vince falls in love with. Just the way it looks, the way he looks. Agreed. Big frame, yes. long hair, tattoos. I mean, that's a guy that you can, I mean, I don't know what his long-term upside is. I don't know if it's like WWE champion or whatever it might be. Maybe it's the mid-card, but I could see Vince falling in love with a guy like that. Yeah, definitely. I think you have to uh, also notice that like Balor gave him respect by like having to do two, uh, you know, finishing moves to giving him two coup de gras, like. Usually, you know, it's a one and done when he does that, and he actually had to do that twice on Priest, so that that yeah. speaks volumes. Agreed. Uh, on to the next match. And you see, Adam Cole versus Velveteen Dream. Baby! Uh, it was one, baby! <laughs> it was one of those cinematic matches. Uh, I don't think, listen, I get how much these cinematic matches are over right now. However, these are two talent who definitely didn't need that. I think these are two people who you just put them in a ring and they would have performed uh, magic, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, what, what, what's your opinion on this match? It was all right. It was it was gimmicky. It didn't feel it didn't have the same feel of the other cinematic matches because at least I mean you think about the ones that really stick in your mind so far, right? It's the Undertaker. It's the Fiend. Bray Wyatt. It's you know, those guys have, like, a shtick. Like, there's not... You know, if you want to make it a... Like, if you want to build it around their shtick, put it in, like, a strip club and have Velveteen, <laughs> like, dancing around poles, right? Like, it wasn't around anything that has to do with their shtick. It was... I, it just seeing Velveteen Dream, like, show up in, like, a crop top and, like... It just... Like, for him, like, in a hardcore-type match, like, it didn't even feel right. So, I don't know. I think they should have done more with it, like put it in some kind of Velveteen Dream type setting, or if not, and I don't know, because I, I don't watch NXT Weekly, but have like have they had a regular one-on-one singles match before? Because even if they have, like this would have been a great time to just give them like a 30-minute singles match, let them go at it, and just put on a great match, which I think that they can do. What about yeah. you, Rob? Uh, yeah, no, I think theatrical, uh, you know, things that they're trying to put on with the wrestling, but... uh. You know, the guys that they had do it and that had success doing it are special talents. And it's not to say that, like, a guy like Velveteen Dream can't do something like that. I just think that it's, like, out of their element to do it with those guys, especially, like, Adam Cole. And I, I really think they missed an opportunity for them to actually, like, steal the show in, like, a regular singles match. Like, I just think this was, like, this was unnecessary to do. They shouldn't have did it. And they like they they missed an opportunity for like a four or five star match to be honest. Like put it in a strip club or put it in like Velveteen Dreams Playboy Mansion or Playgirl, <laughs> like whatever what, wherever he wants to be. Because I, I mean I I'm still trying to figure the guy out. I don't I don't know what he is, but you know do something like that. Make it like some kind of weird sexual tension. I don't know. Johnny, have they wrestled before on NXT like one on one? They have, and for the title, so. Yeah. I, I see what they were doing here, especially trying to, you know, get in on the success of the cinematic match. But again, I don't think this was the, uh, the match to do it. I, honestly, I don't think any, any NXT match should be one of those cinematic matches, man. Like, 
every talent in NXT, I think, can put on a show if given the, the, the chance. So I think they shouldn't be, like, um, subdued to the matches of, of the cinematic type things. I mean, the, the, the two spots from this match I really enjoyed. Obviously, you know, Velveteen Dream coming out dressed as Negan. That was just a great look. That was, that was hilarious. I, I, like, I loved I like it. That. And then, of course, you know, the, uh, the, the Panama Sunrise off of the, uh, the Mountain of Ladders. Once he hit that, I knew Matt, it was Nash. Like, there yeah, was, was no way you're getting up from that. No. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was it. Once he did that. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Did you guys hear the, the broadcasting botchamania where when Velveteen Dream did, I don't know what he calls it. It's like that thing where he puts Adam Cole up on his shoulders. They called that the Panama Sunrise. And I'm like, that's, that's not the Panama Sunrise. <laughs> yeah. I did. Like I did see that. Driver, yeah. Something else. That is called the Death Valley Driver, but yeah, they call it the complete wrong move. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on to the next match. Uh, I think this was probably the second match of the night. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee for the North American title. Yeah, it was, it was very well done. Uh, you know, lots of strengths on both sides here. Keith Lee can go, man. He, he can. can go. He's a big boy. And we talked about we, the versatility that Damian Priest has. In the moves that he can do, I mean, you look at the move pool of Keith Lee, the things that he could do. I mean, he can do aerial things. He can he can fight strong style. He can do martial arts type things. Like he's really versatile. So I like what they're doing with him so far. I mean, he's one of these guys where I I kind of wonder long term. I guess it doesn't really matter if you get promoted from NXT anymore to go to like Raw or SmackDown. But if he were, I just he feels like a guy to me that would kind of be lost in the shuffle. With, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I feel like uh, I would almost look at him as as like a uh, Apollo Cruz, who like was lost for a couple of years and like just started finding his stride in the in the roster. I kind of agree with that. He'd be he'd be the next Big E. That's what that's what Keith Lee would be. He'd be Big E. He'd I be a guy that. that gets lost in singles and would probably have to find a, like a tag team partner to become relevant. Which is sad because you know he he is such a good talent. I mean, look at Big E. Big E is a great talent too. He's very athletic, very fast for his size. They're kind of similar. I would say that uh, Keith Lee probably has a a, a more like move pool, like more variety. But yeah. like you know, in terms of, like size and speed and stuff like that, they're very similar. Is this basically the plateau for Johnny Gargano? Like really great worker, but yeah. loses every match. Is that probably? I won't lie to you. Probably. Um, I if mean, I'm, he's if too I'm being, small. That's the problem. I mean, yeah. it, it's possibly that. And honestly, I'm being honest, I, I honestly don't see him and Ciampa ever leaving NXT. Nah, they no shouldn't, to yeah. be honest. They shouldn't. NXT is like their pond. That's where they belong. Gargano is to NXT, I would say, what like Daniel Bryan is to WWE. That's good. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, on to the main event now for that show. Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Io Shirai versus Charlotte for the NXT Women's Championship. And listen, you can, you heard on my last podcast, I did not think Charlotte was walking out the uh, NXT Women's Champion. I think because it was a triple threat, it was a perfect time for her to drop it. She didn't really do much with the NXT title. I didn't like what they were doing with her with the NXT title. So for them to bring it back to this NXT was probably the best. Root for them, 
but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm not surprised Io Shirai run. It, it, if it wasn't Rhea Ripley, it was going to be Io Shirai. Like, I chose Rhea Ripley just because I felt like she was the person who was more comfortable, but listen, Io Shirai absolutely deserves what she got because she's a great talent. No, she's very good. And you don't see a lot of female wrestlers nowadays, you know, taking high risks as much as someone like Io Shirai, but no, she's very good at it. it has Charlotte already surpassed Ric Flair? Does she already have like 17 world championships? Negative. Like, she I currently like, has 12. She has wow. 12. She's been in wrestling for like, what, six, seven years? Yeah. Six, yes, I'm not long. Not long. Right. No, it's a good match. I like Rhea Ripley too. Yeah. I, I feel like they go over the top with, and it's more for the female wrestlers than the male wrestlers, where every female has to have a different color hair, or they have to have like contacts, or they have to look a certain way. It's like Sasha Banks has to have red hair. No, she has to have blue hair. Becky Lynch has to have orange hair. Rhea Ripley has to wear the weird contacts. Like, just let them do their thing. Like, she was fine without the contacts. Like, she's, I think she's good. I like her a lot. And I'm surprised that she hasn't necessarily, she hasn't had an NXT strap yet, right? She hasn't had Rhea the. Rhea Ripley? Yeah. She was the, she was a former NXT Women's Champion. That's who Charlotte beat for the title. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess everyone gets a shot. Yeah? No, yeah, Shirai deserved it. I think, honestly, if she would have lost, if she wouldn't have gotten the win in this match, I think she would have kind of been lost in the mix. And, uh, Rhea Ripley is someone that really doesn't gain much from winning the title. I think she could carry herself without it and is still relevant. So, you know, I, I was actually happy that, uh, Shirai won the title, to be honest. It was a surprise. It was like a surprise factor, like something you didn't see coming. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, before we move off NXT, two things I want to bring up, I want Frank's opinion on, as me and Rob had discussed before. Number one, so I was telling Rob that I, I truly believe that what's next for the Velveteen Dream is, you know, either Raw or SmackDown. I don't know if you, if you agree or disagree with that. Well, he can't wrestle for the NXT Championship anymore, right? And, I doubt he's going to drop back down to the mid card. I I am just I'm so worried that something is going to happen where they just don't use him correctly or he's not received correctly by the the audience. Like if they're going to put him on Raw or SmackDown, yes. they have to go all out. They have to do they have to give him the Goldust gimmick. They have to let him be and I don't, you guys know better than I do. Like, is there a voice right now that kind of like represents transgender, like homosexuality in wrestling, like on, on the WWE roster? Uh, probably not. No, the, like, the closest guy that was probably to that was like Ben Dango or like, uh, Prince Prince. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Tyler Breeze, I would agree. Yeah. Well, th- this is their chance. If they want, if they want to have someone kind of represent that. And I think look, he's the closest thing to gold dust that we've seen. I mean, just put him on the mic and let him do what he does. I, I hope that they do that. And if he lives in the mid card his whole career, perfectly fine with it. I think that's a great place for him to be. U.S. title, intercontinental title, feuding, putting on great matches. He's super athletic. He can go with anybody. I just, I just hope that they use him correctly. That's, that's the biggest, my biggest concern when it comes to him moving up to Raw or SmackDown. I have to, I have to agree. I have to agree 100%. Uh, I mean, uh, 
he's one of their best talents that they have right now. I'd say he's top ten. I mean, every any any time you see him wrestle, it's it's amazing. Like he every time I see this guy wrestle, it's a great match to me. And to be honest, I mean, they have to just to piggyback off what you said, Frank. They have to let him get into his element and not take him out of what he's comfortable doing. Like let him be the character that he is right now. Don't don't change anything about it at all. Don't change anything. Because I think if they change anything about him, then they're just going to ruin him. And, and like you said, if he's stuck in the mid-card, I think he'd be a great IC title. I could see him being like like a, a Chris Jericho type, a guy who just like, you know, just like dominates like that tier for like years to come. And he's hilarious. The dream has no recollection. <laughs> come on, man. The, guy, the guy's hilarious. Like, put him in front of a mic, let him talk. They could do a lot of wacky backstage type stuff with him. They can have a lot of fun with, with Velveteen Dream if they do it the right way. And you know what? I, I guarantee that there is like a hubris about it. There's like a confidence because they know that he was he was on Tough Enough, right, back in the day? Yeah. So they right. probably look at it like, oh, he's a homegrown talent. They probably deep down feel so happy that they have someone like Velveteen Dream. I just hope they don't mess it up. Yeah. Um. Just a, you know, additional add. Oh, man, I don't even know how to like explain this. Um, I just, I honestly, I just hope they don't ruin him, like, cause they they do this and they've done this so many times before. Like, they've ruined a great character and a great wrestler. I just hope that if he does get promoted, they do not mess with this guy's character, cause I think it's just perfect right now. His range of outcomes could be Goldust or Adam Rose. Oh, I guess uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It honestly is a crazy thing to think about because, like you guys are saying, both of you, he is a great talent either when you look at him with how he can cut promos or what he does in the ring. All he's around. Extremely young. I don't think you guys realize how young this guy is either. He's like my age. He's like 24. Bro, yeah, he's like 25, I think, actually. Yeah. Like, like right around there. He's like, 24 years old. Really, that's 24. really, really young. He's my age, bro. He was born the same year as you, Johnny. This should be wow. your inspiration. Velveteen Dream? It should be. You bro, can you... either be Velveteen Dream, or you can talk about Velveteen Dream in your house. Wow. Very true. You're I think that we, we have, like, two more decades of Velveteen Dream. Basically. Hopefully. Yeah. If they use them correctly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, so second thing I brought up to Rob pertaining to NXT. Now that the Dream has lost the, the chance to fight for the NXT title, you know, my next question was like, okay, well now who else fights for the NXT title? Uh, I, I'm going to assume, Frankie, you don't really know much on the roster, but like me and Rob had the same answer. You know, the only other person you could think of that would, you know, wrestle for the NXT title would be Finn Balor. Well, it depends how fast they want to push this guy carrying cross. He was my Wait, other that match too. <clears throat> oh, I did carrying cross. That match, however, disappointed me because I expected so much from carrying cross. Uh, Champa, it ended way too early, in my opinion, way too early. Well, yeah. they're in a weird spot with that because they don't want to disrespect Champa too much, but they want to make carrying cross look strong. So I, I get it. Yeah. Like, Ciampa is, you know, like, world-renowned. He's held the title. You can't just let him get squashed. You can't 
And, and that's the difference between, because if that's like a WWE, if that's Raw or SmackDown, uh, he's just getting squashed. But that's yeah. the difference. Like NXT, they actually kind of build the respect factor into it because they know you can't just have a guy come in like Karrion Cross completely squash Ciampa in two minutes. No, I mean, it, it's just, it's A, it's not the right way to do things, and B, it's it's just not believable. Like, all the things that Ciampa has done, yeah. it, would, it wouldn't even make sense. So, I actually, it wasn't a great match, but I think that the way that they handled it, they let Ciampa do some moves, they didn't let Karrion Cross like, come over just completely strong, just dominated him the whole time. He got to, like, flash, like, him, you know, doing a bunch of, uh, suplexes and stuff so that was cool and like showing off his strength but I, I think that the way that they handled it was actually not terrible I mean I agree however though again you know I, I think you are right with you know it being either Balor or Karrion Cross because there is no one else on the NXT roster who I can honestly say like oh yeah they can dethrone Balor there's no one else did you know Karrion Cross was from New York just googled his name uh, I did not that's actually a fun fact <laughs> So is Priest. Uh, yes, he is also from New York. Yeah, that, that is correct. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, Frankie, if you have any other people who you think might be worthy enough to dethrone, you know, Adam Cole. I mean, granted, he is your longest reigning NXT champion of all time. So have they done Adam Cole Balor yet? Have they done that? They definitely had matches here or there, but probably not for the title. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they could build this up for a while. It depends how quickly they want to do it. Like, they can just kind of put some Joe Schmo in the way of Adam Cole and he gets some more title defenses out of the way for now. I but, agree. I mean, they, they should build that up. I don't know when the next big NXT takeover is. Maybe Where, SummerSlam? June? SummerSlam? Yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you can start building that now. Agreed. Adam Cole versus Ballard. I'm looking at the roster like, Priest impressed me, but I don't think he's ready for that. He's probably like closer to going after Keith Lee than anything. Yeah. I'm looking at like no one really stands out on the roster. It's it's really just carrying cross or Finn Balor. And Ciampa. I wouldn't I wouldn't take Ciampa out of the equation either. Yeah, it's just kinda hard to push him towards that after he just got dominated. That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's just one of the, I mean, he's one of the best they have on the roster. So Johnny, it's like, true. Johnny, do you think Adam Cole eventually loses it to Balor or Cross? Cause I can, um, like, his reign ending to one of those two. I agree with those two. I feel like with me, I want to go with Cross more just yeah. because Balor is a guy who I can see holding the energy title again at some point. It's just to beat uh, Cole just doesn't make sense to me because it's like Balor's already established. Like Balor's Balor. Yeah, but it's believable at that point, you know. Like, I guess knows how good he is. Like I feel like it takes that good of a talent, right? It takes like someone who you know has done it before and can actually match Adam Cole like pound for pound, right? That I it's guess. Just, it's just uh, Balor has nothing to gain. I mean, well, obviously he, he gained the title, but it's like they don't really. It doesn't elevate anyone in this, in that match. Like, no one gets elevated in that match. Like, the only way I would see, like, Balor taking that title is if they have plans for, like, Cole to go to, like, the main roster. Yeah, I would agree with that. And they on need, top, they need some stars, though, on NXT. Like, if, no, if they it, do. 
yeah. if it's still going to just remain on television and be its kind of own entity, like I, I think we have to start to kind of view the NXT Championship on the same level as the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship because it's its own brand, right? Yeah, it is. You're not wrong. So I, I like ultimately like if Finn Balor wins it. That that's the equivalent of somebody on Raw or SmackDown winning the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship, at least yeah. from his point of view. I agree. And honestly, though, when it comes to like who would win it, the another thing about Cross is that for him to dominate someone like Ciampa, who was an NXT champion, like to me, it just makes the most sense for him to come in and you know dominate someone like Adam Cole, who's been champion for for over a year, and that and that gives you such a push. Yeah, Such but Adam, push. Adam Cole's the man, though. Yeah, you can't get, you can't have Cole get dominated. That I mean, I mean, it's true. Adam like, Cole's the we've seen it done before. Yeah, yeah. Like it's you can't have like who would you consider the face of like Raw or SmackDown right now? Like, you can't have that person just come in and get. Probably Rollins. Like you can't yeah, have Seth Rollins just like get dominated by like Karrion Cross who debuts on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not happening. I mean, listen, I, I, I don't think Balor's losing. I'm uh, not Balor. I don't think um Cole's losing that title anytime soon. I, I hope think, not. I no, think I he goes. Not. I think he goes well into you know. I honestly have had to pick a pay per view where he might lose it. Maybe like the Survivor Series weekend or like the Royal Rumble weekend. I think he has a nice long like little reign on top of what he's going. So like Summer, so SummerSlam weekend. Do you think that whoever uh, Cole faces, he's just gonna retain. I agree. Completely. Oh. I don't what know. If if he, what if he faces Cross, though? Again, I mean, listen, I think Cross is the right guy at the right time. They can't push him too fast. Well, they, uh, as, as a matter of fact, actually, I don't think that's going to happen because they're both healed. Agreed. Agreed. So it's know. gotta, Go the next guy, it has to be Balor. I think Balor actually is the most, the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I don't think Adam Cole ever moves off of NXT. I think he just stays in NXT forever. This, I, honestly, yeah. If it's going to be his own brand, why would they move him? And I he think, just, he's I just think like, Adam Cole eventually makes his move to Raw or SmackDown. I, I think he'll just become synonymous with NXT. Like, when you think of NXT, you think of Adam Cole. Like, back in the day, you heard SmackDown, yeah. you think... All right, literally, SmackDown was named after The Rock. You think of The Rock, right? I think, like, NXT will literally just be Adam Cole. Reason why I think other is I've heard talks of um, Adam Cole's contract ending in August, and there have been heavy talks of him moving to AEW. I think think he wants more, and I think he's going to move to Raw on SmackDown. AEW don't have that kind of money. No, they don't. Uh, for a talent like Adam Cole, they just might. And what do you think? The, the, the WWE is just going to let Adam Cole walk away to AEW? I think, There's no I, think, I think Adam Cole is going to go to Vince and be like, this is my number. Can you match it? And he'll get it. Exactly. Get it. I Bro, do think he will. They'll double it. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. The, the, guy, t- the guy is like, Johnny, the guy is like 28 years old, I think. Like, there's no way yes. they're letting Adam Listen, Cole walk. I anywhere. agree. And He's if 30. they let... If they let him uh, slip through their ears, oh, that would be a mistake. Mistake on their part. Johnny, you told me earlier today that the Revival is not signed to a full contract. They are not. AEW. Why is that? 
I mean, it might just be what's going on in the world right now. They're not ready to to sign that? people. Is it that, or do they not want to pony up? It might be that. I don't know. We we don't know. Like what's 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 going on in the world? It might literally be like you know, with the funds going on, it might be just you know, this is what it is right now. Can you just kind of accept like a gentleman's agreement, and that's it? And they I did. Think, I think that they got released, but they actually don't really want to be at AEW. They rather, they prefer to be at WWE. So they're probably just like kind of one of those contracts, like, hey, we'll we'll be here for a little bit, but uh, just wait and see, like when things get better, and you know, people are, are able to get back in the stands, and WWE starts getting the business moving a little more, and get to get these wrestlers back, that they might just go back to WWE. It's possible. I mean, you're not wrong. I, I think until you get fans back in stands, it, it, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. It's a whole nother ball. Because every, everything is, is, is different now. And like, you, you can't, you can't really like, you know, if they make these contracts, they're doing it for a reason. It's not just, you know, like, if you put, if somebody wants a short term contract, it's definitely because they don't want to be there long term. Absolutely. I agree completely. I agree completely. Um, how, However, we need to start moving on here from NXT. We got to talk about Backlash. It's coming up this Sunday. So let's get into the Backlash pay-per-view, guys. We'll start running down the card. First match I'm going to talk about is Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, come on. Come on, WWE. What are you doing? Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy? Honestly, Frank, you go. Do you want to take my uh, my microphone to the bathroom? <laughs> I ate like, dinner not what? too long ago, so. Like, I honestly, at this point, I, oh my god, dude! Like, who? What is creative doing? Like, who thought that that was a good match to like put these guys together? Well, it's pro. Is it pre-show or is it on the actual card? Not on the actual card. Yeah, that's that's terrible, man. Well, that's don't they have? I was reading a little bit about it. Don't they have like a backstory going where Seamus kind of like acted like Jeff Hardy was drunk driving or something? Yeah, so Seamus kind of framed Jeff Hardy for drunk driving and he got like arrested. And supposedly, you know, Matt Hardy, he got super offended and like tweeted about it. Cause, you know, of, of Jeff's like past with DUI. Yeah. Like, I get yeah. it. I understand. Like it probably wasn't the best subject to touch on. Nah, it, it was, it was bad. Like a lot, a lot of people were, uh, not happy with like what creative had done with that storyline like people were not happy at all i mean come on man uh, like you can't be surprised by anything right like charlotte didn't was it either her or someone else who oh no didn't she like spitting a promo to rick flair like say something about like her brother dying oh Probably, yeah so yeah yeah like they don't care they'll do anything <laughs> it's, it's very true it's, it's true yeah you're right Nothing surprised me at that point. So when I read that, I mean, I don't know. Like, I thought it wasn't Seamus supposed to retire years ago because he had like some kind of crazy injury. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're, yeah, they're, they're pushing him pretty hard, but then again, they're pushing Jeff pretty hard. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff gets one more, you know, world title push in his career. Oh God, man, those guys are pushing retirement. That's the only thing that they're pushing. Yeah, they're not pushing for no titles. Come on, they should be pushing each other's wheelchairs. That's what they should be pushing. <laughs> Like, Listen, nobody, if, nobody if wants to watch this If we learn anything from WWE, if you're 50-plus, you basically get a title shot. That's it. 
Oh my god. Like, uh, you know, J- Johnny, let's just move on to the next. I mean, come on. I'm, before we do, you know, who, who do you guys got for this match? I'll, t- <laughs> I'll take Jeff Hardy. I'll take Jeff Hardy. But, like, there's. Sheamus has done next to nothing in his career that <laughs> I have. I have enjoyed. Didn't he do something where he had like three sixteen shirts? That was probably the the most entertaining thing he ever did. Yeah, he did when he won the title for the first time. You're yeah, right. Yeah, he actually held that title for a little while. He actually had a little run. Um, I I would agree. You know, I'm gonna take Jeff Hardy in this match. I think that's just like the clear way to go here. But moving on, we yeah, have please. Apollo Cruz versus Andrade for the U.S. title. So I think Andrade takes this title. They've they've wrestled a lot so far, right? Like recently, they have Apollo a... and Andrade have wrestled a good amount yeah. in the last like month or two. Yes, and Apollo has gotten the best of him, right? He just won the title from him. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, All... this this is gonna be a good match, but it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Andrade actually wins, and then maybe like they just keep kind of changing hands with the title. But I'll I'll take Apollo Cruz here, and it's about time, man. Like, yes, he is not great on the mic. And he's kind of bland, and they have to kind of figure out some kind of gimmick for him. But, I mean, if you want to talk about athleticism and upside, I mean, it was basically him and Neville back in the day, just yeah. doing that yeah. I haven't seen before. And I remember when they signed him out of the indies, like, Uha Nation. I mean, this guy was one of the hottest names in wrestling. And he just basically got buried for a while. And, and this is the worry with, like, anyone coming up... He, Got called up from NXT way too fast, but Agreed. I'm happy that he's finally Agreed. getting his opportunity. They got to figure out. Uh, I mean, maybe they already have Johnny. I don't, you could speak more about it if they gave him a gimmick or not. But I'm I'm going to choose Apollo Crews just because I want him to retain. Um. Yeah. You know, they haven't really given him a gimmick yet. I think this is more of he'll kind of find it within holding the title. I think he'll he'll find a gimmick there. Uh, however, I do agree. I think Apollo Cruz is the guy to go here. Uh, Andrade had a great run with the U.S. title. He held that title for six months plus. Uh, I think it was great for his character and everything he did. However, though, I think giving it to Apollo was a great decision. I think it's now time for someone like him and his talent to, you know, move forward with that championship. Uh, Rob, I, I would get your opinion on this. Uh, I, I like Apollo Cruz. I know I said Andrade at first. I like Apollo Cruz. Um, this is one of those things where it's like, uh, you paid your dues, so, like, now it's his time to, like, hold, you know, hold the championship, get a little run, get a little experience for the title. I don't think, uh, Apollo is going to lose this match, actually. Yeah, I, I gotta agree with that. He doesn't need to find an identity, though. Like, that's true. That, that, that's I love Apollo, issue. but he's, he's boring, man. He's boring. He is. You're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. Yeah. And they, they, they gotta find, they gotta, they gotta find something for him. He's gotta find an identity. Yeah, I mean, even with Neville, I brought up Neville. I think they're very similar players, uh, players, wrestlers. They're similar in terms of like, they are hybrids of strength and high risk. And yeah. towards the end of Neville's run, WWE, you saw that they were trying to, they were turning him heel. And like, he had some, I remember the match with, that he had with Austin Aries. It was great. It was a great yeah, match. It was. Yeah. So like, they have to, I don't know if it's turning Apollo Crews heel. That's probably not the way to go, but. They gotta come up with something for him. The WWE has this habit of doing this though, like where two wrestlers have a great match and then they like go on to have like ten more matches in a row. Yeah. It's like they need to like 
they're a great match, and then like move on and maybe do that match later on in the future, like not in succession. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and especially since you definitely have more talent on Raw who can definitely contend with that. Dude, like Apollo Cruz versus Alistair Black, that would be a great title match. Yeah, that would be a great U.S. title match. Like, why not? I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, moving on though, next match, triple threat tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Bailey and Sasha Banks, the champions, versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics. What are your thoughts? Didn't Sasha and Bailey win these not too long ago? They won these titles last Friday on SmackDown. Yeah, they're not losing them. Yeah, no. Down to. And you know, I called a little bit of Raw this past week. Mm-hmm. Opening actually, and like, I loved Bailey when she was in NXT. <laughs> I just, she's just not believable. It's just not believable, man. Like, as she's doing this thing like where she's like kind of like strutting, and I'm just like, who are you? It's forced, man. It's forced. It is. I mean, the, I, the I heel, like, the heel gimmick was so forced upon Bailey, and she was just not ready for this at all. Like she tried. I mean, I give her credit, man. She's tried, and at, you know, there's been stages where she's looked pretty good as a heel, but for the most part, it's just looked awkward. Yeah, I agree. Her promo, I, I'll always go back to this. her promo at WrestleMania was one of the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> it was. It was, and, and it, I mean. It sounds mean, right? Like, who am I? I'm sitting in a basement talking about wrestling. Like, she's actually a performer, and she puts her all into it. And she's very good. She's a great performer. But, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed when she was, like, that corny kind of, like, blow-up dolls. Like, has the kids love her. Like, did, like, the whole Bret Hart thing. She had, like, her super fan, whatever. But it, She's, it, like, honestly, the John it, Cena of women. It didn't work, though. It didn't work at the at the at um on the main roster. It did you're not wrong. That goes back to like how the WWE kind of used her and portrayed her. So ultimately, it's on them. But uh, man, I think that they win this match. Ultimately, that's the that was my long way of saying I think that Bailey <laughs> and and Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, uh, ultimately retain here. But gosh, man, like it's just not believable. No, listen, I gotta agree. I think especially with them winning the titles recently, it's it's kind of guaranteed that they retain here. Especially yeah. since I know down the road they want to do Bailey versus Sasha for the SmackDown Women's Champion. You know, not to, not to, I mean, to remind you, you know, Bailey is still the SmackDown Women's Champion as well. She's now Bailey Two Belts. And, you know, I think this is going to cause more of a divide between them when they eventually lose the titles to get that Bailey versus Sasha match. But I do agree. I think they retain here. Yeah, I agree too. I don't think they lose these titles. Johnny, you watch more than I. Like, has there been any good moments? Because I, I mean, everything I'm saying about Bailey is negative. Has there been anything good I that mean, she's done as a heel? Like, maybe there is, and I just haven't seen. No, I mean, listen, you're not wrong. I think she's doing okay as a heel. However, though, you know, you're not wrong. Like, I feel like when they can't get like a good person over, their first reaction is like, "Oh, turn them heel." But like, not everyone gets away with like getting over as a heel. Like, you know, Sami Zayn, for example, it worked. It it made sense. He got over as a heel, being like an a-hole. Like, I get it. But, like, not, not everyone gets over as that heel character. I mean, Sami Zayn can do whatever he wants. He can be face. He can be heel. I mean, <laughs> it's just, 
No, he really can. Great as a face too, like, but that's the problem. When it comes to Bailey and anybody else for that matter, if you are a huge baby face and it and it doesn't work and people aren't receiving you and you're, uh, you, they turn you heel and look, maybe it works for most people, it just doesn't work for me. But I mean, after that, if it doesn't work either way, that's kind of where you uh, kind of get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look at look at Roman. He wasn't. Oh gosh. Go around as a as a face. He's one of the guys, though, that like if they would just turn him heel, he would be the greatest thing that WWE has. Probably, I would agree with that. When when are we gonna see Roman again, Johnny? Yo, Survivor Series. Wah. No. Oh. Look, give the guy as much time. I'm not rushing him back. Give the guy as much time as he wants, obviously, with everything going on. But yeah, for sure. I was asking you if there's like any speculation on when he's going to I mean, I know he recently had an interview where he said that he's 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 uh, he's excited to come back whenever that time is. But, you know, no one really know when when it is. But to move on here with Backlash, next match, another women's match. Asuka versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Title. What are your thoughts? I think that nobody should wrestle with Nia Jax. Oh, Nia Jax is absolutely a liability when it comes to wrestling in general. Why she just drops people on their heads? Um, the last couple of matches that Nia Jax has had, um, she has injured people. And because of Nia Jax, uh, the buckle bomb is now banned. Didn't they ban that when, like, Seth Rollins almost killed Sting? Negative. They did not. Hmm. Well, they probably should have. They they, they <laughs> no. let it rock. I mean, granted, you're probably right. They probably should have banned it. But she currently injured um, Kyrie Sane uh, with that. And then she also kind of gave Kyrie Sane, like, a... Uh, a gash over her eye doing a leg drop. And yeah, uh, Nia Jax has been a liability. Johnny, I've got to ask you, how long has Asuka held the title so far? Uh, since the day after Money in the Bank, so maybe like, maybe like a month, just about. She's, oh, she's only held it for that long, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I thought. I thought that this match could actually be pretty close. Eh, I guess on paper it should be, but Oscar's probably not going to lose the title after just holding it for a month. I agree. Nah, so, no shot. I'll no go way. with Oscar. I'm also going to go with Oscar just because a I know they're trying to set up Oscar versus Charlotte again, and b like Rob said, uh, how um, Nia Jax is kind of like a liability. I actually see them like punishing her in this match and kind of getting squashed by Asuka. Bro, nobody wants to wrestle with her. Nobody. Yeah, you're not wrong. Hurts. I think I think they have like a I think she hurts more more women like more often than not. Like in yeah. most of her matches. Agreed. Pro tip, watch this match on mute because Asuka yells a lot and it's <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, on to the next, on to the next match though. We have the universal title, which is, I, I don't agree should be the universal title match. Uh, Braun Strowman versus 
Miz and Morrison in a handicap match. I don't I don't know what the hell this is, but yeah. Oh well, how realistic is? Well, like, what's the feel in the room here, Johnny? Like, do they actually <laughs> chance or not really? No. <laughs> I mean, it, it would be pretty. It would be pretty hilarious for them to actually share a, a championship. A co a co championship that would be yeah, I don't, that'd be hilarious. I don't see yeah. it. I, I'll take Braun Strowman, but this is. Yo, I'm, but like, what if the Miz wins, right, and then Otis cashes in? Oh my god. <laughs> you can't forget, Otis has the money in the bank. He will always have the money in the bank. Oh, I know. I know. You know, soon enough we'll get into the greatest wrestling match ever, which is being dubbed on this pay-per-view. But, yeah. you know, it, it based on what you've told me so far, and if Otis cashes in here, I think this has the opportunity to be the worst pay-per-view ever. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. I, look, I'm just gonna take Braun Strowman, but yeah. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what they're doing, man. Like, they didn't, I, they obviously didn't want to put the strap on Braun Strowman at Mania. They yeah. didn't know what to do, and it seems like they still like. You've had months. Like, what do these guys get paid to do? How many days has it been since WrestleMania? We're like too many. You can't figure out what to do with Braun Strowman. Like the creative team gets paid not to be creative. That's what happens here, basically. Oh yeah, no, Bobby. I'll tell you how creative this is. Oh, big, strong Braun Strowman is gonna defend his title against two people because he's that strong, and we're gonna build him up as the big guy. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Who proves Jeff Hardy versus Shane? Who proves that? <laughs> Rob's going back to the top. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This thing is still bothering me. I mean, come on. Does it surprise you? We're getting Randy Orton versus Edge, part 27. Okay. I haven't gotten to that Hold on. Okay. Like, I understand why this is happening. I don't understand why Jeff Hardy is fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, at least Randy Orton versus Edge, you know carries weight. Sheamus and Hardy carries nothing. Have absolutely nothing. They carry each other. I, I rather watch Nia Jax versus Oscar than Jeff Hardy versus oh Sheamus. And I want to watch none of these matches and they're both on the same pay-per-view. Uh, to go back to the match we're talking about, I agree. I think Braun is going to go over here. Uh, reason why Bray hasn't been on TV lately is he just had, uh, another baby, so he's been home with his wife, but I think um, overall... Which, which wife? Oh, the wife, Jojo, obviously. Oh, okay. Um... Good for her, good for him. But I do think post that, I think it's gonna be as simple as The Fiend comes out and takes that title from Braun. As simple as that. It's gonna happen at SummerSlam. That's, I mean, that's what they're waiting for. Probably. So yeah, I think here Braun wins. I don't see Miz and Morrison even coming close. This is a squash pay per view. This is what this is. You're not wrong. I agree. Uh, on to the next match though. You know, we have Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. Yeah, I mean, this is another one. Well, like, I'm not overly excited, obviously, to watch this match. Like, Drew McIntyre is clearly not going to lose. 
this match this quickly. And I think that they just wanted to give him an opponent that, okay, he can defeat Bobby Lashley. I guess he can look kind of strong just because Bobby Lashley is like physically imposing. But yeah, it's like, what kind of status does Bobby Lashley carry at this point? Has he done anything really like significant since he's come back? Like, I don't, I don't take him seriously. I don't know how many people take him. Like, you know, I'm, even if Drew McIntyre wins this match, I'm not going to be like, all right, well, that was a great title defense or anything. It's just, yeah, I agree. It's kind of, it's cliche, but it's par for the course. Like, this is just kind of like, uh, all right, we need a title defense for Drew McIntyre. We're going to, all right, he's going to go up against Bobby Lashley. Yeah, not for nothing. I, I like, uh, McIntyre a lot. He's a great talent, very athletic, you know, uh, very charismatic. Uh, he's not bad on the mic, but this has been a really bad title run. It's, it's not, it's boring. It's a boring, boring title run. Well, it's, it's, not, it's really not his fault. It's not yeah. his fault at all. He's in a bad spot. I mean, there's no fans, like, yeah. There was no one there to cheer when he won, like, there was, no one, no one there for him to come out the next night on Raw and like you know show off that he's the champion. Although yeah. like the next night, didn't they do something with like the Big Show? Like yeah, yeah. If there's, if there's anything we want to get excited about, it's Drew McIntyre versus the Big Show. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I, I get I just, it. I feel bad for the guy, man. Like he's great. It's just it's just the wrong time right now for him to be champion. Well, Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong, though. This is, like, normally post-WrestleMania, this is normally, like, a slow time for a champion. Like, they usually give him, a cha- like, a a person to face that, like, you know he's going to be, like, he'll get a few title defenses out of the way, so he can kind of somewhat legitimize himself as a champion. Like, this is normally a slow time for a champion, no? No, it is. You know, I mean, again, you know, no, no matter what people view it, you know, it always comes back to the, to the big four. It's always SummerSlam, Star Wars, Rumble, Mania. Those yeah. are like the big things. So yeah, I would say with Rob, you know, his his next big talent that like might actually matter probably won't be till SummerSlam. But I agree. I, I I have Drew going over Lashley here. Like, there's no way I see Lashley, you know, overcoming McIntyre. No, not at all. But here we go. The main event, mind you, is being dubbed the greatest. Wrestling match ever, ever. Wait, this is the main event. This is the main event, and it's being dubbed the greatest wrestling match ever. Edge versus Randy Orton. What are your thoughts? Oh Bobby, my god! You can't have the greatest match ever not be the main event. Obviously, I mean, this goes back to ooh, this is. I just feel so bad for Drew Mac. Like <laughs> he's your champion, and he's not even main eventing. Like. A wash pay per view, like ah WWE, what are you doing? But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, look, I like I I love both these guys. They're I mean they're old. I don't know why they're putting. This is a lot of pressure for these guys. First of all, to deem this the greatest match of all time. This is yeah. a lot now. Now you have two guys well past like forty five. Oh man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a rough match. I think. <laughs> it's gonna go one of two ways. It's either going to be something where they're dubbing it as the greatest match ever, and it's gonna end in like two minutes because Randy's gonna beat up Edge before the match or something, and something's gonna happen like where 
he like Edge can take a couple of months off and like go recover or whatever. Like Edge's not a full time wrestler at this point. Yeah. And it it'll either go that way or based on what you told me, Johnny, I know that there was a, a report, um, on Bleach Report that they've already recorded this match and it's a thirty to thirty five minute match. And if that's the case, like these are two throwback these are two throwback guys. Like say what you want about it, but in terms of like you're not gonna see high flying you're not going to see anything crazy, but in terms of just storytelling and putting on a good match with like emotion, if they if there if it's actually thirty to thirty five minutes, they can do that. Like if they just want to put a bow on this whole like Edge versus Randy Orton, we've both been around since like the late night well late nineties for Edge, early two thousands for Orton. Just put a bow on it, like yeah, like it, it could be a very good match. Is it going to be the greatest match ever? No, it's not going to be the greatest match ever. But, I mean, they could do a damn good job of storytelling in the ring together. I agree. I, I think that's a good way to look at it. You know, uh, I mean, if, if you were to ask me, you and Rob, what do you think is the greatest match of all time? I guarantee we all, we all have different answers. I guarantee it. And, you know, to dub it the greatest match of all time is, is a tough thing because it means you have to deliver. Like, take away, you know, whatever you're going to edit because they already filmed it, you know, to, to still make it look like the greatest match of all time is a tough thing. But, I mean, if I had to pick someone here, you know, I agree. I think this is kind of like where we put the bow, like, on the rivalry. I, I'm going to go with Edge here to, to win this match. I think he needs it a lot more than Randy does to, to move forward in this new this new career that he has. Well, what if they do it where Randy and just Randy could solidify himself as, like, a heel forever? Like, he'll never come back from this. Where... They put on like a 30 to 35 minute match and Randy just like towards the end just decimates Edge. Like just destroys him. Like I'm talking multiple RKOs. He punts him and that's like the end of Edge's career. I could see it happening. I think Randy wins. I think Randy wins and if they want to go that route, they can solidify Randy as like one of the best heels ever at like there's, there's nothing more that he can do. I thought of like maybe just actually like I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. But uh like <laughs> if, if he actually does this to Edge and like Edge is such a fan favorite and like just ends his career, like that is something that like solidifies like your heel status forever. What do you think, Rob? Look, they're they're matched at Mania wasn't terrible. Like, there's a lot of people that, that thought it was terrible, but I thought it was solid. Like, it I wasn't good. Was no, no, I, I mean, it wasn't... Look, it, look, it's going to be better than Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. All right? That's <laughs> like, it, it's going to be better than that. So, and look, I mean, look, these, these are iconic guys. It's, it, we're talking about Edge and Randy Orton. Like, we're not talking about some Joe Schmo. Like, we're not... You know, we're, we're talking about two, like, you know, legends, professionals, these guys are going to give us something. And if the rumors are that it's like 30, 35 minutes, uh, they, you know, they're not going to put on some board. It's not going to be a boring match by, by any means necessary. I think, I mean, this is just, this is, I mean, this is it though. This is it for like the Randy Edge feud, the, the perfect story. Like this is, this is the, this is the conclusion of their, like their feud. Like this ends it all. 
And honestly, it's about it's about time though. I, I really don't think they should have had this uh, number two match. I, think, I agree. Or number fifty, whatever, how many matches they had in their careers together. But um, I mean, yeah, like like I said to you, Johnny, on one of your other shows, I just think they didn't really have anything left for Edge to do. You know, Edge and uh, Randy are familiar with each other, comfortable with each other in the ring. They perform well with each other, so it was one of those things like, hey, let's just you know, do another one with Randy, and at least this time, like, let it be a match and not like a street brawl. So, yeah. and if I have to go with one, I think if you're if you're going anywhere else with Edge, you know, past this match, Edge wins. If if somehow this is it for Edge and Edge doesn't really want to wrestle for a little while, you give this you give this one to Randy Orton. I hear you. You know, I, I, I get both points, but again, I think. I think we're definitely going to see Edge move past this. I, I even predict you see Edge pull the world title again before his reign is over, to be honest. You know, we've seen crazier things. We've seen Goldberg hold the world title again. So I, I think we definitely see Edge move past this, and that's why I'm taking Edge over Randy here. Well, the, Bobby, you brought up like that they don't really have much to do with Edge right now. They just keep putting up against Randy. The thing is, they don't trust him. They don't trust... Edge with anybody else right now. It's because, like, all the injuries that he's had, like, they just trust Randy because he's a veteran he's and yeah. he's safe and he's been there and they've, like, they've done this so many times together that they trust Randy more than anyone else to be in the ring with Edge. I don't blame them. But, that, could also, that could also be it, too. Yeah. Like, what, like, if, if they can't trust anybody else to go up against Edge, then. I mean, what's the point in being well, back? Well, technically, this is this will be um, Edge's actual like first in-ring match, match. yeah, like right. actually in a ring, like so. This is technically his first match back inside the ring. So, I mean, we they they kind of still need to see something from Edge, like how he's gonna perform inside the ring instead of as opposed to a street fight. Yeah, I mean. It comes down to what they want to do with Edge, what Edge wants to do with himself, like how much longer he wants to wrestle. Because we could get, we could still get some dream matches. Like, have he, has he ever actually wrestled Seth Rollins? I don't he know. He's not. No. no. No, I don't think that would be an awesome match. Like, I would love to watch that match. I think there's definitely a lot of talent that he's going to mix with before you know his current contract is up. Guaranteed. Well, what does he have? He has two years. Right? Uh, I think it's like two or three years or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be... I don't think he's going to be a part-timer, but I don't think he's going to be a full-timer. I think he'll be on the... Between. On the, like, the flagship pay-per-views, you know, Survivor Series, Mania, SummerSlam. Yeah, I agree. He's going to be on those, like, Royal Rumble. He'll be, he'll be at those. Uh, he'll, he'll probably wrestle here and there. But, like I said, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like if, if anything, they should really just give this match, like Frankie said, to Randy Orton. Johnny, I have one question for you. So, will this be the greatest match ever? Uh, I I disagree. I don't think it will be. All right. Uh, but however, we're gonna do a uh a fairly quick top ten here. Rob does not have a top ten, but he will definitely give his input on our top ten. So I'm excited. Rob was uh, good at homework. I can vouch for that. Oh, man. That's messed up, man. Uh, but top 10, our top 10 this week is top 10 
backslash slash moments and matches. So, Frankie, what do you got for number 10? Well, you know, Johnny, I find it very interesting how you dubbed, how you introduced that. You said top 10 moments slash matches where I'm, if I look into my phone, you, I think you texted me top 10 matches. I disagree. But, alright, I think that's a little bit of a foreshadowing here. Alright, my number 10, which is a, <laughs> quite a big moment. Big Show versus Shane. Oh, 2001. No. <laughs> Last Man Standing, an iconic moment. Of course, you all remember it. Shane jumping off the top of the Titan Tron. Oh my God! With the elbow drop. Everyone knows it's like one of those things. I think last time I was here, we were, or two times ago, we were talking about uh, Jeff Hardy's Swanton off the top of the ladder as one of the yes. iconic moments. Correct. Shane's elbow drop is one of those iconic moments. Uh, but ultimately, like, I don't know how great of a match it was. It's- Big Show versus Shane. But it is a big moment, and it should be on this list for sure. I mean, yeah, listen, if you're talking backlash, you got to talk Shane versus uh, Big Show. Shane jumping off the Titan Tron. There's, there's no question without it. <laughs> What's your number 10? My number 10, and you're going to hate me, but honestly, I'm going to defend it. Number 10, Jinder Mahal beats Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. And I see Rob smacking his head and shaking it. I love it. But listen, not one of us thought Ginger Mahal was going to win the WWE title, and he did. He's it, was, it was definitely a shocking moment. I couldn't believe it. Don't hinder the gender, baby. The modern day Maharaja. I mean, I think we're still living in modern day. Where is he now? Not to be found. Crickets. Exactly. Number nine for me, AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose, 2016. This was AJ Styles' first WWE Championship, I believe. That is correct. Yes, it was. Correct. And you, this was actually a long match. This was like a 25-minute match. Correct. And look, AJ's one of the best workers. There's no doubt about it. Say what you want about Dean Ambrose. Limited move pool. Doesn't like he's He's entertaining in the ring. And honestly, these two put on a great match together. And it was AJ's first you know, time winning a WWE championship, so it's on my list. Number nine. This wasn't the the 450 splash onto the table, right? Negative. No, no, no. Oh, that, that was okay, TLC. God, that was a great match. <laughs> uh, my number nine. Becky becomes the first ever SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, that moment was definitely well deserved for someone of uh, Becky's talent. You know, she was kind of she was the first person dressed to SmackDown. Uh, first woman drafted SmackDown. Uh, you know, they came up with a new title for that brand. And honestly, she was definitely the right person to win it, in my opinion. Number eight for me, Edge versus Kurt Angle, 2002. I mean, just think of the names here. I mean, wow. there's some star power in this match. Edge versus Kurt Angle. And it also this basically just kind of uh, reminds us of where WWE is at this point. Because notice... The year that I mentioned here, 2002. That was yes. 18 years ago. Correct. You now have Edge main eventing backlash 2020. 18 years later, it's just it just shows where you know the WWE is at now. They just rely so much on the nostalgia factor rather than building the talent that they have now. But Edge versus Kurt Angle. Look, Kurt Angle 
one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, Edge really, you know, at this time is kind of where he started to excel and take off as a singles competitor. Uh, number eight on my list, Johnny, Edge versus Kurt Angle. Yo, Rob, what are your thoughts on that match? Man, you're talking about, like, two of the guys, two of the best to ever do it. Especially when we talk about in-ring performers, Kurt Angle is one of the best to ever do it by far. He's, like, top five greatest wrestlers, in my opinion. And then Edge is probably one of, like, top ten best performers in the ring. So that was that was an awesome match. I have to agree with you. My number eight, uh, Backlash 99, Undertaker kidnapped Stephanie. You know, this prolonged the the storyline of the higher power. And I see Rob laughing, which is hilarious. And I don't know if you guys remember, but it's that, it's that image of Stephanie getting into a limo and then Taker looking back and hitting her with the where to, Stephanie. It's just, with, with the whole ministry and everything, it's just, it's just a great storyline, especially with the, again, like I said, the higher power storyline. Oh, everybody needs a higher power. Why not just pray to the Undertaker? There you Number go. seven. We want to talk about star power. Chris Benoit versus Shawn Michaels versus Triple H. Mm. Triple threat match. And this was actually uh, the, either, I, I don't it know, if rematch. second time or third time this yeah. happened. But yeah, it was uh, definitely a rematch at the least. Um, and Benoit retains the title here. Uh, I, I believe it's via, via Sharpshooter and Triple H just can't get there in time. And think about that at the time. Chris Benoit makes Shawn Michaels tap out via sharpshooter in a match with Triple H, too, to retain the title. That is massive. I mean, think about, like, what goes into a submission, right? Like, if you tap out to a submission, like, that actually means a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the fact that Benoit was able to make that happen um, in a match of that caliber with those with those type of competitors. Well, I mean, he was a technician specialist. Uh, and his his move was a triple cross, which was also submission of kind of. And yeah. I think one of like his favorite move was also I think the the sharpshooter. He did it a lot in most of his matches. But it's like, would you expect him to like twice in a row in to a, win a, a match a, off of it? Be, yeah, probably probably both, not. To be both Shawn Michaels and Triple H in a triple threat, like I don't know. No, would yeah, probably like in that matter. No, like having somebody tap from the sharpshooter by him, no, I wouldn't expect that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my number seven, Hulk Hogan wins the WWE title against Triple H. And this would be the last time that Hogan would win the world title. I mean, listen, this is just one of those moments where, you know, you put someone like Triple H, who is the game, the cerebral assassin up against, you know, an elderly talent as Hulk Hogan. And Hogan, and Hogan comes out on top. It is, again, one of those things you don't expect. Like, it was just almost, like, dumbfounding to see. But because of the shockingness of it, that, that's why I chose as number seven. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to put this on the list, actually. I-, I wound up not, but I think it's definitely worthy just because you mentioned, say what you want about Hulk Hogan, but iconic figure in wrestling history, the last time that he wins a world championship, and it comes against Triple H, of all people, uh, I don't have a problem with it being on the list. Number six for me, and it would be higher if it didn't end in a draw, but Undertaker versus Batista, 2007, for the WWE title, last man standing match, where Batista spears Undertaker off the Titantron, and they land in, like, a who's who of tables, and there's, like, sparks flying and all this stuff. Uh, but because it's a last man standing match, nobody stands up from that. 
and it ends in a draw, which I always think is like obviously a cop out. But yeah. at the time, I mean, it was a huge match, of, like that magnitude. Undertaker versus Batista, ruthless aggression. <laughs> uh, my number six here is The Rock versus Triple H, two thousand. Uh, this is when, you know, Triple H is, is well into his, uh, McMahon Helmsley era as the world champion. However, The Rock comes out on top here because he has Stone Cold in his corner, who doesn't show up until late in the match. And this is one of those moments where, if you go back and watch, when Stone Cold eventually comes out, he just gets one of those pops where, like, like, if you just understand it. Because, you know, there's nothing like a Stone Cold pop. And he comes out, and he just late, like, he just, Demolishes Triple H, and The Rock does what he has to do be- to become the world champion. Oh, you mean every one of Stone Cold's pops ever, Johnny? Basically, every time <laughs> the glass breaks, it just Not- shatters. I will never argue that you know more about wrestling than I do, but that should be higher on your list, man. Negative. I'm sorry. It should. It should. Number five for me. I'm going back to the uh, Chris Benoit well, and just imagine this. I, even if you haven't seen the match. Imagine watching Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle in an ultimate submission match. I mean, that is just, that's something you dream of. That's something you say to yourself, like, that needs to happen at some point. Like, if there's a match that I need to see, it's Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle in a in an ultimate submission match. Two of the best technical wrestlers that I have watched in my li- my lifetime. 2001, number five for me, Johnny, Benoit versus Angle. Rob, what's your take on that match? Talk about two guys that have basically, like, perfected their craft. And that's, like, submission did, you know, just specialists and technicians. Like, this is what these guys do. And to see this match, like Frankie said, it was a dream come true. Like, this is what people wanted to see. They wanted to see Benoit, Kurt Angle... Two of the greatest, you know, at what they do to see who comes out on top as the best ever to ever do it. No, yeah, I hear you. I absolutely agree. Uh, my number five is something Frankie's already mentioned. Uh, AJ Styles winning his first WWE championship in WWE at Backlash six, uh, 2016. Listen, man, you know, we knew it was going to happen at some point because there's no way AJ Styles is going to be in your company and he's not going to be your world champion. But for his first world title, like, it, it just felt like a long time coming for a talent in his nature. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. AJ is the man. Uh, that's a huge match, a huge moment. Number four for me, uh, The Rock versus Stone Cold at the first Backlash ever in 1999 with Shane as the special guest referee. Lots of Lots of controversy in this one, as you would expect, with Shane as the referee. There's He's getting knocked out. He's trying to hit Stone Cold with the title. He ends up hitting The Rock. Uh, Vince comes out. It's all a bunch of craziness. And you know, I'll talk about another Rock match a little bit later on, which, Johnny, should be higher on your list. But The Rock versus Stone Cold, 1999, number four for me. Well, the one I think you're talking about, Frankie, I think I'm going to bring up right now. My number four is The Rock versus Goldberg. Backlash 03. You know, The Rock was basically saying he's done. He's done it all. And then here comes Goldberg marching down to the ring. And, of course, in this match, Goldberg goes over as he should. There's no way you're having Goldberg debut 
uh, and losing in this company. There's just no way. No. Yeah, this match is not on my list, Johnny. This is not what I was talking about at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of the countdown. <laughs> nobody Absolutely. needs to have nobody needs to have the same list. Uh, where are we at? Number three for me. Now this is interesting, Johnny, and you're gonna have to choose because uh, you and Rob are famously to nobody out there besides me who is listening. You were known as the two man power trip. Hey yo. But you and I are. We're brothers. We are. Brothers of destruction. Yes, sir. So number three for me, Stone Cold and Triple H versus Kane and Undertaker. Is the WWE champ at the time. Triple H is the intercontinental champ. Kane and Undertaker were the tag team champions. You had two-man power trip versus the brothers of destruction for all the gold. Literally all the gold at the time. So, say what you want about the match, like, it might not be a great match, right? Yeah. Like, sorry, like, it is, I mean, they're iconic names, obviously. They're not, you know, we're not yeah, seeing yeah. 450 splashes in this match. But, I mean, Stone Cold and Triple H versus Kane and Undertaker, like, for, like, there's four <laughs> title belts on the line? I mean, that's just, there's so much star power involved there. So, yeah, that's number three for me. I mean, you'll be hard-pressed to find, like, a match of that magnitude with that much on the line, that much name value, that many titles involved. So, Johnny, you got to choose Brothers of Destruction or Two-Man Power Trip. Oh, I mean, if I have to choose, you know, I think I got to go Two-Man Power Trip. I've had more success Ooh. with the Two-Man Power Trip than I have with the Brothers of Destruction. You go with... Oh. Are you only talking about beer pong right now, or are you talking about, like, life in general? Oh, I don't know. What are you so talking about? If it's about? life in general, then I, I'm just going to leave. I'll just <laughs> on the computer, and I'll just, I'll just walk out. Let's pass the question to Rob. Rob, what do you think? <laughs> oh, no. I have, I have, I have no input. <laughs> I have no input. Pleads the fifth. Uh, or my number three. Yeah. For my, my number three, something you already brought up, Frankie, Batista versus Taker. Uh, this overall is just, you know, it's such a great last man standing match between two people who love the business so much and dedicate so much to it. Uh, I agree, you know, the ending is definitely, the ending is shocking with how they do it, but the overall ending with it being a draw, I agree, is definitely a cop out. Uh, but I, I get really doing, they're trying to build another Taker, uh, Batista match, so I understand. But yeah, I mean, overall, I think that was a great, a great match between those two. I have to assume that you have this match that I'm about to mention in your top two as well. But number two for me is Randy Orton versus Mick Foley, 2004. No holds barred for the IC title. The legend killer, Randy Orton. This was what, you know, going back and watching this, there's thumbtacks involved. There's Two by four is covered in barbed wire. There's barbed wire tables. This is like, and Mick Foley's not his prime, but you would have no. thought this was like, he was based on like what he was pulling out. This was like prime Mick Foley versus, and seriously, prime Randy Orton, evolution, uh, legend killer status. And it was, it was a wild match, but at, I mean, at the time, it's a, it's a huge win for Randy Orton to, to, to put someone away. Uh, with the name status of, of Mick Foley. So for me, number two, Orton versus Mick Foley. 
Uh, my number two is also Orton versus Nick Foley. You know, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. Uh, this is probably the best that we see of, like, evolution slash intercontinental champion Randy Orton. Uh, I mean, I feel like it doesn't get better than this, in my opinion. And definitely, I, I would love Rob's opinion, because I know this is this is one of Rob's favorite Randy Orton matches of all time. Yeah, no, yeah, by far, this is one of my favorites of all time. I think this was one of the best I've actually ever seen Randy Orton perform in the ring. I think uh, McFoley really brought out the best in Orton and his best match that he is, he's ever had as a, as a Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, no, I gotta agree with you. Okay, Frankie, what do you got for number one? Alright, Johnny. Here we go. Drop the ball on this one, but number one is The Rock versus Triple H. For, at the time, the WWF Championship, back in 2000, this match was wild. It was Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson come out as the referees, Vince is out there, uh, Stone Cold eventually comes out, he, and, What's crazy is at the time, I understand, like, you know, a decade later, like, we have all the data on, like, concussions, and, you know, you can't hit people over the head with steel chairs. He hits Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson over the head with a steel chair. I mean, what is going on? He hits Vince over the head with a steel chair. He hits Triple H over the head with a steel chair. It's just absolutely insane. One of the best people's elbows that you will ever see in this match, the Rock versus Stone Cold, something that meant so much at the time. You didn't know if Stone Cold was going to come up. Te- technically, he was in the Rock's corner, but you didn't know Yeah, he, he was actually going to come out to defend him because at the time, the Rock is getting his ass beat because he has like the whole corporation out there helping, uh, helping Triple H. And Stone Cold just comes out, destroys everyone, he, people's elbow, bang, one, two, three, and the Rock wins it. Second year in the existence of Backlash. Johnny, number one, man. I'm surprised you didn't have this higher on your list. Uh, Listen, so with my number one is something, you know, I'm going to absolutely disagree with where you put this. Uh, You know, the Shane McMahon elbow drop, man, off the Titantron. The way I look at this is that there are moments in WWE that live in infamy that, you know, you see it and you just know, like, where you were when it happened. And when that that was the first time that Shane climbed to the top of the Titantron and hit an elbow drop on the Big Show. The only other time I'm telling you right now, both of you can agree that you remember him climbing to the Titantron and falling is when Steve Blackman hit him with a kendo stick halfway up the Titantron. There's only two. So for that to be the other one, it to me, I'm sorry, like that moment just in my mind lives in infamy. But is it just because Shane does crazy spots, right? Yeah. He can talk his dad into it because he's like, look, if I die, like, it's all right. Like, I'm your son. Like, I'm allowed to take these risks. Like, you know, it's not like there's some, like, stranger out there who you have to sign, like, uh, like, you know, insurance and liability for someone to try and do something as crazy as this. Like, like, yeah, it's a crazy spot. I should probably have it higher than number 10. No doubt about it. But number one, Johnny? I don't know, man. I, I just, I truly believe this moment lives. You know, it, it, like, there's just certain moments you just know are just like, wow, that, that was a spot. That was a spot. And for me, that's what I feel when it comes to this spot at Backlash. 
that was a great moment. I mean, that's one of those things where it's about more of the moment than it was the match. The match wasn't that great. Absolutely. Yeah, it was more like, wow, like you're going to remember that, what ha- what he did in that point in time rather than who he faced. Shane and Big Show, The Rock and Triple H, <laughs> Stone Cold Pop, Corporation involved, old dudes getting hit over the head with steel chairs. <laughs> I don't know, Johnny. I think The Rock versus Triple H, the pendulum is kind of swinging in that favor. Well, you I mean, both should have had Randy Orton and and Cactus Jack. As oh my God, here we number go. One. As number I'm just one. saying. Look, look I might be biased. I might be biased <laughs> a little bit, but you guys both should have. I mean, come on, that match was crazy. There was blood everywhere. We fought like they were both bleeding. Like the match was crazy. Who would you rather have ahead of Randy Orton and Mick Foley, Bob? Big Show and Shane McMahon, or The Rock and Triple H? That's not fair. <laughs> I, I mean, you have that match, Johnny. That's number one. I mean, I'm going with just a rock and trip. I mean, I, I looked at That's it as a case. moment, not a match. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, nah, that's true, that's true. Uh, but listen, I get it, you know, I, I, again, you know, with these top tens, it's, it's okay to be different. I prefer them to be different. I like when we're, like, on a different, you know, wavelength when it comes to these matches or moments, so, you know, it works out for the best because, you know, we get to talk more about it. However, sadly, we have reached the end of our show. Uh, I want to thank both Robert Quiles and Frankie Stample for coming on to the show this week. I hope you guys had a good time. Yes, sir. Yeah, bro, as always, thank you, man. I appreciate you for having me on. No problem, man. You know, for Frankie Stample, for Robert Quiles, I'm John Stample. Just keep jobbing, everybody. See you next time.